Hello and welcome to Catholic Bites, the podcast for busy Catholics. This is Father Conrad. I have with me a special guest. We have John Edwards, who is the uh, Catholic speaker and the host of Just a Guy in the Pew podcast. John, welcome to Catholic Bites. Thank you, Father. Thanks for having me on. It's a joy to be here with you. Yeah, it's awesome. And, it, and I, as we were talking right before we started recording, the um, this podcast tends to go down nerdy little rabbit holes of Catholic uh, um, truth and, and theology that you know, maybe it might not be as applicable sometimes to everyone, but we, we have fun with them. But I, I sure. think it's good to have just a guy in the pew, you know, here on the podcast <laughs> to talk about why, you know, why things in theology, why, um, why living uh, the Catholic life is applicable, not just to, you know, nerdy priests, but to, to everyday <laughs> people. So um, I think yeah. we want to talk today about, about virtue and, and how that's kind of played a role in your life. So why don't you take us down that path? What, what is, what is important about, uh, virtue for for the average person in the pew. Sure. Well, if you know, if you look at it scripturally, you look at things like where Jesus says in Matthew at the end of the Sermon of the Mount, he talks about you know all the beatitudes and everything and the way that we're supposed to live the Christian life. Right? Do these things. Blessed are they. Blessed are they. Blessed are they. And he's telling us this is how you live the Christian life. This is how you become a disciple and you follow me. But at the end of that sermon, you don't hear a lot about this because we kind of glaze over this sometimes. <laughs> but Jesus gives these three warnings, right? He says, you live this way and you'll be my disciple. You don't. And there's consequences for that. Mm-hmm. So he talks about, um, for instance, the narrow gate, you know, narrow is the road and few will find it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but wide is the gate to hell and many travel it. Um, he talks about the sand and the rock. You know, people who build their houses on sand or on rock, that the foolish and the and, and the wise. Um, he also talks about be gone from me, evildoers. I never knew you. When people come to him and say, But you know, but we did things in your name, and he says, Be gone from me, I never knew you. So virtue is important because we in order to live the way that he's called us to and to walk through that narrow gate or down that narrow road, whatever you want to say, we have to live virtuously in our life. You know, that narrow road is made of cobblestones that are individual stones of different virtues, right? Humility, charity, patience. I mean, all these different virtues that we have, the the cardinal ones, but then the other ones that are just good, moral, virtuous behavior. And, you know, if you look around our churches right now, you don't see a lot of men, right? You go into church, there's a lot of women with their families and the men just seem to be missing. And it's been that way for a long time. And, but, but you see men lined up at so many other things in the world. For instance, one day, a couple of years ago, my son wanted a video game. He wanted a Star Wars video game or something. And so we went to GameStop on his birthday to get it. And we pull up, there's this line of men out the door and down the shopping center. And I'm going, what have I gotten myself into, right? We, we should have just ordered this off Amazon or something. You know? <laughs> but we go and, and he's asking me, dad, what's going on? I'm saying, Jacob, I don't know. So we, we get in line. And uh, as soon as we get in the door, he goes over to play the demo PlayStation or whatever. And I'm waiting in line. Well, as I'm standing there, I I figure out we're not getting the game now. It's a line to get a number to come back later that night to get the game when it releases. (laughs) And I'm going, oh, my gosh, what is going on? But I'm looking around while he's over there and, and and I see all these men and they're different ages from, you know, 18 to some of them were in their 60s. And and they all have on Pokemon T-shirts. And I'm going, what is going on? You know, and I'm looking around and, and I start to listen to conversations and I hear guys going, man, you know what? I went to the gym today and I got in a four hour pump because I'm going to play this Pokemon game for three days, however long it takes me to beat it. And that's when I'm going to spend my time. I'm going, what Pokemon, what? Like I thought these guys were online for star Wars, you know? And so the next guy starts talking. He said, man, I called my work 
And I told him I'm sick with a flu. And the doctor says, I can't come in for three days and I'm going to do nothing but play this game. And I'm going, you, you gotta be kidding me, right? You gotta be kidding me. These are grown men. And then another one says, I told my girlfriend, do not call me. I will call you whenever I'm done with this. And it's blowing my mind. So I'm sitting there in this line and just one conversation after another. And here I'm thinking, man, our, our men aren't in church, but they're here. They're, they're here. What are they doing here? So I get to the counter and Jacob sees, you know, that I'm, I'm about to get the game. He runs over and I tell him, look, there's a, a number we have to get. And I've got to come back tonight. You won't get it today, but you'll be able to play it after school tomorrow. And he was cool with that. Mm-hmm. But he starts to look around and he noticed, he says, dad, where's all these guys' kids? And I was like, hang on, Jacob, just, you know, we'll, we'll wait till we get in the truck. You know, I don't start a riot in here or anything. So the next thing you know, he starts tapping on my wedding ring and he goes, dad, these, a lot of these guys don't have one of those. And I'm going, this is the most observant you've ever been in your entire life. Why now? <laughs> and so I said, just when we get in the truck, so we get to the truck and he keeps asking, and we were doing this catechism, Lego catechism book where we were learning about the sacraments together. Mm-hmm. And we just gone through, um, uh, the golden calf and, and with the, the uh, Israelites in the desert. And I said, Jacob, do you remember how they had the God they made of, of, of gold, that calf they made and they started worshiping it. And he said, yeah. And I said, Jacob, you always have a God in your life, right? It's whether or not it's the God or something else. And for these men, they're looking for something. They don't know what it is, but they're searching for something. If you look at those video games there, there's a chance to win the girl, right? There's games like call of duty where you win the battle. It's all of this stuff where they're searching for something. It's almost a call for we're made for more. So you look at like the Avengers movies, this cultural phenomenon of superheroes, right? I grew up in the, in the 80s. I read every comic book that was out there. And this is a glory day for me with all these awesome movies. But Jacob and I watched pretty much all of these Marvel movies from Iron Man up to Avengers Endgame. And if you take a character like Tony Stark and you look at him in the first Iron Man movie, you know, he's this billionaire playboy, different woman every night, drinking all the time, got the cars, got the houses. And guys are like, man, he's cool, right? He's cool. And at the end of that movie, when he saves the day, he becomes Iron Man. The army tells him, hey, don't mention any of you. Don't mention your Iron Man. Just stick to these note cards. And he goes up in front of these people. He's very egotistical. He's very selfish. Mm-hmm. And he gets up there, he throws the cards down. And he says, I am Iron Man, right? It's all about me. It's all about what I want. It's all about everyone should know how great I am, that kind of stuff. At the end of this 10-year arc, at the end of Endgame, Iron Man winds up giving his life. You know, if you've seen the movie, you know that. He takes the stones from Thanos at the end, and he snaps his fingers. And when Thanos had said, I'm inevitable, this time Iron Man says, and I'm Iron Man, <laughs> right? He doesn't say it like, I'm Iron Man, and I got all this stuff. It's a man who's who, who has walked away from the fame and the fortune and the light, who's, who's grown a family, had his wife and his daughter, his whole priorities have changed Mm -hmm. and everything in him is about living this virtuous life. And he lays down his life. He finally gets it right. Mm -hmm. That my life is, is, is the purpose of my life is to lay down my life for another. And there's another scene in that movie where captain America, you know, in in the the original three um, Iron Man and Thor fighting Thanos and they're all getting, you know, just the tar kicked out of them, right. They're getting beat up and Iron Man's knocked out. Thor's over there about to, you know, get, get hit with his own ax by Thanos Captain America jumps in and starts fighting Thanos and he's doing pretty well. And then Thanos just kind of rears back and hits him and knocks him 300 yards away. And Captain's sitting there, you know, bloody and broken and the symbol of justice and hope and, and morality and all these things is the shield of his. And Thanos jumps over there and he starts whacking at it with this, this sword. And 
starts splintering. This unbreakable, you know, shield that wasn't supposed to be able to be broken is shattered. And he backs up and he starts to taunt Captain America. And Captain America gets up and he puts that shield on like you've seen so many times in the movie. And he straps that leather on. He's bleeding. He's barely able to stand. And he looks at it like, let's go. I can do this all day. His line that he said again and again in movies. Well, Jacob and I were sitting in a packed movie theater full of people. I mean, it was like opening day. And at that moment in that scene, everybody knew that Chris Evans and, and um, Robert Downey Jr. were not going to make another movie as those characters. So they were probably going to, they had to kill them all for something. So you assume, oh, this is it. Captain America is about to, to, to bite it, right? He's about to die. And when he stood up and he grabbed that shield and he did that, grown men in this movie theater jumped up out of their seats where, yeah, Cap, yeah, lay down your life. You got to save everybody. You got to take the bullet. You know, they were just saying all these things. It scared Jacob the back of like his $20 bucket of popcorn went in the floor, you know, and all of that. And, and I remember thinking in that moment, wow, like these guys, do they get it? Like what they're, what they're pining for, what they're yelling for, the reason they're out of their seats is because it's a call to something greater Mm -hmm. to heroic virtue but how many times, Father, and, you, you know, it's Sunday Mass when you're reading the gospel and you read the gospel that Jesus says, greater love has no man than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. How many times have you seen guys jump and scream and go, yeah, Jesus, yeah, lay your life down. I'd be freaked out if that happened. But uh, right. <laughs> right. It's, it's so but, true. It's yeah. so true. We, we, we long for as men, especially, but, but in general, as human beings, we long for something more, for, for, for a deeper meaning in our lives and, sure. and for that internal transformation that makes us, you know, you talk about those Avengers scenes, the, the, the characters at the end have gone through something and they're more of who they were and they're more themselves almost in a certain sense than they were sure. at the beginning. You know, that virtue is something that transforms us. Now, what you know, you you see, you say that there's um, you see these guys who are searching for things more. What do you say? What would you say to them? You know, if they if if yeah. you you see these guys and you 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 tactfully say to your son, you know, we'll talk about that in the car. But like, you sure. know, if you had to say something to them, what what do you say to them to help them see that no, it is you know the the truth of the faith really does transform us and make us greater and make us the men we sure. need to be. Sure. You, you know, I would have a conversation with them and just say, what are you looking for? Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at what Christ did when he wanted people to start following him, when he wanted people to come with him, what do you seek? What are you looking for? You know, and, and so we have to have those relational questions with people. It's, you know, hey, what, why are you so into video games? And get a guy talking about it. Mm-hmm. And then you can get him say, well, you know, you can find that in, in Christ, right? Like what you're looking for is this call that you're made for more and you want to answer that. And see, we think because of the way culture builds things up that we've got to be William Wallace and put on the blue and white paint, and, <laughs> you know, dang the English and run straight into battle and, you know, and, and, and die some heroic way, jump in front of a bus for somebody. But what Christ calls us to is to live virtue in each and every moment, the small choices, right? When, when I'm sitting here and, you know, it's been a busy day at work and I come home and I'm still on my emails <laughs> and I've got my kids, you know, pu- pulling on my shirt so going, dad, will you play with us? Right. It's that choice in that moment to to be present to your children. It's that mm-hmm. choice in that moment to to live for your wife and to put her first in your life. It's the choice in the moment of of the of our neighbor, right? The person that may be in the office that that is unliked by a lot of people and doesn't get the time of day, but yet you stop to make that person feel welcome. It's these small choices that we live each and every day. And it seems like is is a Christian that everything Jesus talks about this is backwards. Like, wait a minute. I die to myself. I pick up a cross. I basically don't get what I want. And that's going to make me happy. Right. 
And the thing is, yes, it does because you get out of yourself and you get out of the selfishness and the self-centeredness that the world calls us to. And we find out that this true joy and this peace that we're looking for comes for living for others, right? Mm -hmm. Living virtuously that you start saying, I don't need that car. I don't need that house. The same thing Tony Stark did, right? At the end, he lived in a cabin in the woods, mm -hmm. you know, not some mansion in Malibu with all these cars. He had his family and he was happy and he was peaceful because he found out what the meaning of life is, which is to live for others and to put all that selfishness and self-centeredness aside and live as Christ calls us to, which is to live for God first, to love our God and to love our neighbor. Well, you, you know, it's interesting. Maybe we can go out on this. Uh, the, um, the example you use is uh, of, of the Avengers of, of superheroes and things like that. Sure. And oftentimes the average person in the pew might think to themselves, well, okay, living that kind of life, living the virtuous life, living the life of holiness that Jesus calls us to in the Beatitudes, that's for, for the, the, the spiritual superheroes. That's for sure. those monks and nuns. That's for the saints. You know, yeah. that's, I'm just going to be an average guy, get through my kind of life and, and, and do my best. But, you know, maybe it's not that, that kind of holiness isn't for me. What would you sure. say to that? I'd say it's a lie of the devil. I would. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's a lie of the devil. He's going to be in your ear whispering. Look, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but I had a 17 year addiction to cocaine before I started all of this. Um, you know, started in college and, and just went through my marriage for a while um, and, and almost lost everything. And here I am. Um, God has called me to do podcasts and to speak to people and have a ministry. I was a 23 year sales guy at an auto parts company. <laughs> and now this is my life. God can do anything with anybody that has an open heart. And it's not like, you know, you don't need a birthday cake in one bite, right? You, you cut a small slice and you enjoy that. Maybe you eat some more later and later and later. That's the same way with this. You don't become a virtuous man overnight. You don't sit there and go, I want to be humble. And then you start, you know, you hope that it happens, right? Because you can't, there's, it's nothing. You have to start living it in your life. You have to start practicing it. You have to, you know, if you want to be good at sports, like LeBron James, he didn't just happen to be good at basketball. The guy spent most of his life doing that, like, and doing that well, centering on that. I want to be a great basketball player. I'm willing to put the work in. If we want to be great disciples, if we want to move from, from someone who doesn't know the Lord and the Lord's calling, and look, he didn't go out and call all the, all the Pharisees and the scribes and all that. He called fishermen and, prostitu fishermen and prostitutes and tax collectors and all of that, right? The people that it didn't make sense that he called. Well, it didn't make sense that he called me. It didn't make mm -hmm. sense that he's called so many others, but he did. And what that should tell us is God has a purpose and a plan for our life. And it may not, we may not know what that is, but when we're open to it, we surrender to him, we give him our yes, he starts to reveal that. And then we start to live in these ways a little bit at a time, right? Peter wasn't the Pope as soon as Jesus said, you're the rock, right? <laughs> he still made mistakes. He denied Christ. He, he was angry at times and very abrupt. You know, he, he became who he became after the power of the Holy Spirit was placed upon him at Pentecost. And we all have that in our, inside of ourselves. So when we say, I can't do that, or I can't be that, you're right. You can't, but God can. God can do it through the power that he's placed within you, but you have to let him. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and, and by the way, using the example of eating a birthday cake, one slice at a time, that speaks to me. Like any, any cake related <laughs> analogy. Sure. I think that's fantastic. John, thank you so much for yeah. Catholic bites. John's podcast is called just a guy in the pew podcast, right? Where can they find that? Uh, you can find that at just a guy on the pew.com. Anything we're doing there, the videos, podcast, all of that. Great. Great. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to listen to other great Catholic talks and great Catholic speakers, you can find us at catholicbitespodcast.com. Catholic bites is a production of cast Catholic media. Thank you everyone for listening and God bless you.